Hallelujah. Ah, uh, the first song set it off. Anybody gets excited about dying? Anybody, amen, is looking forward from the parting of this world? Knows they got something in store that's far better than what this world has to offer and everything it has to offer with all of its gods and with all of its pleasures and everything else. But it's nothing like what's waiting on us at a moment of time when we get him in that cloud, honey. Let death come. That's the reason we believe in miracles. Because, cause, hey man, he had a season to board and a season to die. It's wrapped up in God, not wrapped up in cancer, not wrapped up in acting. It's wrapped up in the God that I serve. <laughs> I wonder what that old cancer doctor think we walk in there and he said, man, you got cancer at the top of your head and so do your feet. And you get up and say, whoo, praise God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Ah. Paul wrestled with departing. Paul wrestled with staying. He'd rather depart than stay. Hallelujah. What have we got in that attitude and spirit? I'm telling you, when you reach a place that you're not worried about dying, you can't stop them. You can't stop them. A gun don't threaten them. A knife don't threaten them. Anything else that the enemy's got to offer, we're not threatening them, honey. I say this. Next time you feel a little strange pain in your body, you ought to just say, Devil, if that's you, bring it home. I'm ready to go. You know what the devil's going to do? Yeah, I have to leave the temple. Don't mess with that one. We sure don't want this to happen. Because it might become contagious. And somebody else may catch a hold of it. And somebody else may start believing it. And somebody else may start responding to it. Lord bless you this morning. Appreciate you so much. What a beautiful presence of the Lord. Appreciate all in the house. You can make your way back to your chairs. Let's give our guests a good, good Jesus name welcome here this morning. God bless them. We appreciate each one of you coming to be a part of this service with us today. Would you just worship the Lord with us? Amen. For that's, the, that's what this is all about. Amen. We're going to let our classes go back. Appreciate our Sunday school department. All of our Sunday school teachers. God's hand, God's blessing and anointing upon their lives. Amen. To impart the word of God to our children. Man, they have about anywhere from an hour, maybe 45 minutes, an hour to impart the word of God. Amen. Out of a whole week. Man, what, what, that's very competitive all said and done. Amen. So we, we thank God for our Sunday school teachers that takes out the time to pray and study and prepare themselves. Amen. To give instructions and guidance out of the Word of God. Amen. Because this is the doctrine that must be anchored into our spirits, anchored into our hearts, our minds. Amen. If we're going to be victorious and win this battle. Amen. If not, then the philosophy of men will deceive us. Amen. Will rob us. And man, we'll build our, our eternity upon doctrines. It's upon sand. But I'm glad we've dug down and built on that sure rock called Jesus Christ. That we can find our sufficiency in Him. We can find our completeness in Him. Amen. We don't have nothing to fret and be worried about. Amen. As we give ourselves unto the Lord and to the operation of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost this morning.
Without the presence and the moving of the Holy Ghost, folks, we're in trouble. With the option, amen, that's what the New Testament called it. But with this option of the Holy Ghost, we can be equipped, amen, amen, to fight these battles, win this race, be victorious regardless of how wicked the hours has become, amen, the forces, the powers of evil and wickedness. Brother Ford doesn't mention it, amen, this, this God can take the very weapons that's formed against you. The Bible says they shall not prosper. In other words, they won't win. But God can take those very weapons, amen, hallelujah, turn them around, amen, and let them become a blessing, amen, instead of a curse unto you that even the devil regret. I wish we'd have never took this on. I don't know why we decided to do this. We've messed up again. Hallelujah. Fooling with this bunch. That bunch of Jesus name folks. And everybody else thinks we're just, just so wrapped up in Jesus. Who else are you going to get wrapped up in? What other name of the devil's going to bow to? Whatever name, other name you're going to call on when you need a miracle? What other name you're going to call on? To whom are you going to go to? There is nobody else. There's only one saving name. There's only one Messiah. There's only one Jesus Christ. He's not coming back, amen, to be a saver the next time, honey. He's coming back to take his church out of here. And he's not even going to come on the earth then. Amen. But in that real second coming, he's going to come back in a battle of Armageddon, honey. Hallelujah. I want to be a part of that and riding with him on them white horses. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the devil's a loser. Amen. The world's a loser. Only thing that's got anything that mounts anything is a church. And I want to be a part of something that's got eternity by the hand. Said, I, I want to be a part of something that's got eternity by the hand. It's going to pull us through. Bring us out. Our lesson this morning, wisdom waits. Wisdom waits. Amen. We, we see this throughout the scriptures. Callings and anointing upon individuals and different characters from the Old Testament, New Testament. Amen. We preached a little bit about Jesus and some of the things he endured and process he went through. Amen. Even though he was God, amen, when they laid him in that manger. Even though at 12 years of age, he could astound the people that was around him with questions and answering questions. Hallelujah. But he submitted, he yielded himself. He submitted and yielded himself unto his own earthly mom, amen, and stepdad. <laughs> well, it's the truth. If you know anything about the Bible, Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. Amen. Joseph wasn't his father. He was just his carekeeper. And Joseph was willing to take it on because the Bible said he was a good man. Amen. And he had he, you had to had God how to listen to God through dreams and visitations. And you had to obey him. Amen. And take the risk. Amen. Hallelujah. So my I'm telling you, wisdom, wisdom waits on God's call. Wisdom wakes on God's anointing. Wisdom wakes on God, the voice of God. It may be a still, small voice, but wisdom waits, amen, to have the, have the assurance that God's in it, and it's His time and His season because it's about Him anyway. It's not about us. It's about Him. Got a good lesson. This morning, our focus verses are going to be found in Ecclesiastes 3 and 11. He hath made everything beautiful in His time. God's time. Everything is beautiful. All the pain, frustrations, shipwrecks, and all that may take place. Hallelujah. It all works together for good. To those that love God, called of God, in the service of the kingdom of God. Regardless of what comes and goes. Amen. This God. Amen. He brings the good out of it. Also, he had set the world in their hearts so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning unto the end. 
No one man is going to know the completeness of this God. His knowledge and wisdom, his abilities and how he sees to see fits to work through individual lives, but yet also through nations and, and families and like that. It's astounding. You can go all the way through the Old Testament. I promise you, if you could talk to some of those characters at the moment of time, some of those callings and visitations from God. Hallelujah. Those moments, and some of them voiced it. Amen. There's no way I can do it. I don't have the tongue. I don't have the ability. Amen. To accomplish this call and that you're placing on me, God, even though this is a great visitation. Hallelujah. I, I just don't have that ability. Hallelujah. There's others. Amen. Could have, you know, let their past. Amen. Dictate. They could have went back to the past, but they didn't do it. They believed in the God they heard about. They believed in the God. Amen. They had experienced to that point in place. Hallelujah. They was willing. Amen. With patience. Amen. To follow individuals that knew God. Knew the power of God. You had to get a hold of God. They was willing to submit themselves and humble themselves. Hallelujah. You know, Proverbs talks about locusts and it talks about things like that. Hallelujah. Without kings, without rulers. But they knew their order. They knew how to get in that order. They knew how to find that place and working together to accomplish and achieve things. I'm telling you, mankind's the only one that always wants to get out of culture. Always want to bring things into their own self and do things their own way. What pleases in their own sight. What gratifies themselves. But I'm glad we got a king, the king of kings and the lord of lords to help us along this way today to put a wisdom and a knowledge in a world that's full of wisdom, that's full of knowledge, full of technology and full of a lot of things. But I'm glad to, amen, this morning we got a wisdom that comes from heaven. Amen. That's kind as shit that's long suffering amen has an insight and a revelation of what's going on and what's taking place we're not a people that walks by feelings but we walk by faith praise God praise God I know it's Sunday morning hallelujah but I feel good here today God's in the house the miracle workers in the house the soul savers in the house the odd and finish our faith is in the house the maker of our souls our bodies and everything and who what we are so we don't have nothing to be worried about and down about depressed about Amen. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. We're the most liberated people on the face of the earth. God-fearing, God-loving people. It's been set free. Man, he that the Son is set free is what? Free indeed. Praise God. Have you ever been entangled something and finally got out? Ever been bogged down and finally got out? <laughs> ever, ever owed dead over your head and finally got out? <laughs> You made your mind up. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Well, not too many amens, but anyway. Amen. Praise God. But as we begin to look at the lesson here this morning of what happens and what takes place, and uh, even the lesson connection, many of you that read it uh, talked about the great general uh, Napoleon coming, going to visit his military man, and everybody was at their, their best. It didn't matter, amen, he goes into detail. Man, they wouldn't move, they wouldn't, it didn't matter what was going on, what transpired, what took place. Amen, a fly could land on their nose, they could, their arms could hurt them, the legs could hurt them. Amen, but they just shoved it all out because they wanted to impress, amen, their chief. Amen, because they knew this was an opportunity, this was a time, amen, for opportunity, amen, to be moved and transformed. Don't underestimate this service this morning. Don't ever underestimate when you join 
joined together and two or three gathered together in his name and a building that's been dedicated, a service that's been dedicated and you're among dedicated people. What God wants to do in this moment, amen, in this season of your life, giving you an opportunity to hear some things and feel some things you've never felt, heard and hear some things you've never heard. Hallelujah, don't, don't miss it. Hallelujah, even here this morning, let's don't miss it, the visitation of God. Let's don't miss the opportunity. Amen, this could be my service. This could be my opportunity. That's the reason these come and have prayer and we anoint them because it's in the book. If any sick among you, let them call for the elders, anointing them all in the prayer of faith or raise them up. They committed any sins, they can be washed away from them. Hallelujah, I'm telling you, power in prayer. When the doctor can't do anything, when medication don't seem to have any effect, there's a God in the heavens. But you know what? Hallelujah, you know what? We don't have to wait and go through all them processes. I wonder what happened if we'll just start praying first. Hallelujah, I'm just going to go to the house of God for I'm going to call my elders first before I go to a doctor, before I go any other place because I just believe in the word of God. I just believe what the word says. Amen, when you believe it, Tyler, that's where it's really all at. Amen, I don't have an evil heart of unbelief. I got a sound heart of believing. Hey, God's still in the miracle working business. Hey, God's still mindful of me and he knows where I'm at and nothing's too small and nothing's too big. In fact, God, Paul taught, he said, pray about everything. That means a continued prayer. You can't pray every second, but you know what? There's a continued prayer that flows out of us. We pray about everything. Make life about us. Amen. Our elder brother Buford used to uh, has taught and instruct us, man. He wouldn't even buy a pair of shoes until he prayed over them. Especially if you're going to wear them to church. He didn't want to wear a pair of shoes that's going to hinder his worship. Hurt his feet. Amen. Every time you got in, you're slipping and sliding. You know, you're scared to even walk less much, dance and run. Well, the athletical world does it. They got special shoes for special events. They care less what everybody in the audience thinks about it. When they slamming them basketballs making million dollars, when they throwing them 100-yard passes making millions of dollars, they care less what everybody else thinks about it. What about us? I care less what everybody else thinks about it because a billion dollars, amen, 40 billion won't buy what you and I've got sold and give, silver won't buy. But I got an inheritance laid up and I'm not about to purchase anything or get involved in anything that are polluted or mess it up. Hallelujah, it can be right down to just a simple parachute. See, that's what's wrong with our generation. We've shut God so far out of the picture. We don't never counsel them until we get in a dire need. And we use prayer sometimes like that's the last remedy. I've tried this. I've tried that. I've done this. I went there. I ain't being ugly. I'm just telling you that's the world. When we run out of options, we're going to let prayer be the first option. Because even with prayer, we can go through some of these others. You know what? God will bless us and help us with them. Amen. Wisdom. Wisdom waits on God. His touch and His anointing in our midst and among us here today. But if you read the lesson connection, you'll realize and see everybody, all of a sudden with the chief come riding in on that stallion, the high-spirited horse. If you look up that word steed, what it means. It's a high-spirited horse, man. That thing's holding his head up, buddy. He's got his tail up, buddy. He's prancing, buddy. He's got some life in him. He's got some energy in him. Man, he wouldn't come walking through there like some sad sack horse. <laughs> I'm not either, honey. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm not a stud within myself, but in Jesus Christ. Amen. We're the only ones that can do anything about sin. We're the only ones that can do anything about the devil. We're the only ones that can stop the world and its track. I tell you what, we got the power to stop the White House. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, yeah. God can send one bomb. They'll be checking me out, won't they? I said God has sent it. I didn't say I'd send it. There's a big difference. 
God gets ready. He can do whatever He wants to. He's a sovereign God. Amen. And He can move the enemy out. The Bible says He can raise up a nation and can tear one down. And that includes the United States. We're not excluded. Amen. I'm not interested. I love this country. I believe in respect and I give honor. Amen. I still, man, it moves me. That mood doesn't change, uh, and I hate to bring it up, but, but whenever they blew that horn out there at that, that funeral of the other day and right out there in that graveyard, hey, it's something about it. When Miss Joyce walked up to me, she said, you mind if they do it first? I said, oh, no, ma'am. <laughs> By all means, let them. He was in the Navy, and they come in, and they begin to blow that horn. I'm telling you, there's just something about it. Praise God. It just moves us. And so, you know, here we are. Here, here, this, this began to happen well after a while. Hey, man, as he's coming down, checking the, his military out, the horse gets away from him. Starts bucking and doing and the reins, he drops the reins. Finally, a gentleman, after so many still standing and not moving, not doing anything, all of a sudden one of them finally broke out, runs out there and grabs the reins of that horse, calms that horse down, and just real kind of gentle, hands the reins back. Amen to the chief. You know what he said? Now this is just a, just a regular guy, just probably a guy on the lowest pole of his military. He said, thank you, Captain. Immediately, with that action, he advanced all the way to become captain. And a lot of us ain't military people. We don't understand that. But if we really understand that, and that means we passed all the ranks. With one moment, one season, one obedience of action. <laughs> That's the reason God can take people out of dungeons. And by the sun setting that night, they could be the second man in the kingdom, sitting in the throne room, making the decisions for a whole world and saving the whole world. In one day, he had spent somewhat 20 years of thereabout, amen, in that process. But now here he is, amen, in just one day. Hallelujah. One day he comes from that place, out of that dungeon, shave himself, wash himself, and change his garments and present himself, amen, and finds himself, amen, in a position. Same way with God. I can walk in this place lost and undone, but I can leave here delivered, set free, and ready to go with an inheritance waiting on the other side. My, my, my. What a God we serve here today. We begin to look at this particular chapter, Ecclesiastes 3. We know the focus verse is 11, but as we look at the whole chapter, we understand the first eight verses actually was written in a way to help us to understand the, the pendulum of life, things that unfold and things that happen and transpire. And so as you start down through this, to everything there is a season. I will say this, in the last few weeks, probably a month or so now, the Lord has impressed me just at times in praying, amen, about there's a, a time to plant. There's a season to plant. There's a season. There's a right time. How many's breaking up your ground and getting ready? By next Saturday, you're going to plant your full-blown garden. I mean, it's cool weather. It's ideal to work in the field. Ain't hot and ain't humidity's not real bad, and <laughs> the season's not right. Hallelujah! There's even the fall garden right now. They're gathering in. <laughs> They got them, those tomatoes, amen, they got them in garages. They got lamps over them. They got lights on because they got little tomatoes and they want Thanksgiving tomatoes. 
But if they left them outside and left them in the field, they wouldn't have been no Thanksgiving tomatoes because this is really not the season. Hallelujah. So you got to do things in the season. And God's season. And God's always got a season. A season for things to happen and for things to take place. And what you and I have got to understand, we're going to experience those seasons. Hallelujah. And like it or not, we can do what we want to. That's just like growing older. Hallelujah. And wiser, hopefully. Hallelujah. And getting more knowledge and understanding and things of that nature. Hallelujah. Because we become wiser. I'm going to tell myself and Brother Nathan here a few weeks ago. He was out in the fellowship hall and was going to change the, uh, the balance, I think it was. No, he's going to put some strips, going to put them new strips. I don't know how many of you even noticed that happened, but it did. And these some LED strips and one of those big four-foot uh, lights back there in the fellowship hall. And probably most of you hadn't even noticed changes. It's, it's different and it's brighter than the rest of them. <laughs> Hallelujah. But uh, praise God. But anyway, when we was in the process of doing that, we just had a 12-foot step ladder back there. So we get it up and, and so Brother Nathan's going up there and he's almost at the top ladder. And I looked up at him. I said, Brother Dathan, me and you both old enough to know better than what we fix and try to do. He kind of looks down at me. He said, God, I think you're right. Because I got a ladder at the house. I can go get him and put us right up there. And he can go up there and sit down and do it, you know. A whole lot safer. I said, let me go. He comes back. And he said, all right, go ahead. So praise God we did. Because you know what? If he'd have fell off the top of that ladder, I'd have tried to call him. It might have been a disaster for both of us. And been all hanging up. Then our wives had to tend to us. And both of them looked at Both of y'all knew better. What's the matter with y'all? Season life as old as y'all are. You know better. God. So there's no telling what we saved. <laughs> Hallelujah. But come up using a little knowledge, a little wisdom because the season in our lives and a few gray hair that's in our, his head, my head, and everybody. <laughs> I don't have a few gray ones because mine's falling out. His is turning gray. At least his is hanging in there. Praise God. But, but seasons brings us alone. There's no way of getting around. There's only one option. I'll never forget it. Even as a young, young lad, young boy. Hey man, people ask in Oxford and they birthday about it because they was already getting up in age and, and they ain't he says, well, they want other options, so just let them keep coming. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm glad to keep having on that. You know, in fact, she reached a place she's proud of. Man, they excited about, you know, when you start getting in the 80s and pushing toward 90, man, you don't regret birthdays. You rejoice them. It's kind of, you know, you kind of back up. It's like when you're one and two and three and four and five and six. Hey, man, until you get the teenage years. But it's them years from 20 and 30 and 40, and especially them 40s and 30s. Hey, man, we don't want them to come, man. We go, hey, 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 man. But, but you know what? When it keeps on coming, the seasons keep coming. After a while, that changes a little bit. Hey man, you started getting excited about having him have birth. Why? Because you're looking for a hundred. You're looking for a hundred. I want to be one of them candidates that's going to make a hundred. Hallelujah. And you know what? That's something to look forward to. Seasons. Hallelujah. We got to understand God's in control of all of them. He's the one that gave life. He's the one that can take life. That's the reason you and I don't have to worry about death. That's the reason you and I don't have to fret over it. If we do, amen, because we need to work on our relationship with him. We believe he's our God. He's our keeper. There's not a devil big enough. There's not enough devil. So, hallelujah, there's not enough any of this or any of that. God's my keeper. He's my provider. God, you just help me make the right decisions and go in the right direction. Now, we can't be crazy and do stupid stuff and, and things of that nature. You know, if you stand out in the middle of 57 long enough, hey amen, you're going to get run over. That's not wise. Hey amen, seasons ought to get, hey amen, got you to that place. Hey amen, you shouldn't have, you know, when you're one or two, hey amen, others will get you out of it. But when you start getting 15 or 20, hallelujah, then, you know, you got them. So others stand by and say, well, we're going to see what happens. Anybody ever heard this? Watch this. <laughs> we'll see what's going to happen here. <laughs> I've, I've, well, I always heard this. If you're going to be dumb, you've got to be tough. <laughs> going to do 
crazy stuff. Go take a chance. <laughs> Amen. So, as we watch this, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose. Watch this, purpose. Especially as children of God, no matter what season you're in, there's also a purpose with this season. It works hand in hand. It works together. So as we watch some of this begin to really unfold, a time to every purpose, there is a fixed season for that purpose. I don't see God calling a few of us, amen, to run a 10-mile marathon. I mean, we're seasoned enough to know that, you know, hey, God's, <laughs> if he better do it far in advance to start conditioning us if he does. Let me put it that way. <laughs> Praise God. Because I couldn't do it this morning. Amen. But there's a time probably, and, and, and some of you know, some of you, amen, probably could run a mile with no problem this morning. Got any candidates? Got any volunteers? You know what would change your mind? Because I tell you, at the end of that marathon, I got $1,000 waiting on you. Hey, some of you still shaking your head no. I tried. That's not the way it is. We're in a competition, folks. At times running out. And seasons creeping up on us. And even the season, and the Bible talks about it, the lesson talks about it. We're going to talk about it. The Lord will give us some time here this morning to end of this lesson of the coming of the Lord and things and history has let us know how things unfold and come together, even upon this earth where people and individuals are placed to fulfill purposes that they didn't even realize that they was accomplishing and achieving for God and for the gospel and fulfilling of the word of God. They was doing it for other reason and, and, and the outcome. But God, God's hand, that almighty one that sees and orchestrates and brings it all about to fulfill his purpose. So, so how often you and I should, as, as, even as individuals, should look at some of our, our circumstance, our season, and what we're experiencing or what we're going through. And, you know, look at it this way. God, I want your purpose in this season, whatever you want it to be. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on the wisdom. I'm going to put it in your hands. Vengeance belongs to you. You're the Lord of the battle. You're the Lord of hosts. I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to rely upon Because I know, God, you can make something out of me out of this. As a testimony and a witness. That's what this season deal is all about. You know, there's some things, as it becomes more season, the value of it increases greatly <laughs> okay and so that's the same way with us man in our walking with Christ and walking with God and walking in the Holy Ghost the seasons and things so there is a purpose and that's what we want to talk about for just a minute and God's purpose amen he has fixed what the time God has fixed God's fixed the time we, how do we know this there was a time the next verse down a time to be born and a time to die a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted. So God, God has, has chosen this time and fixed this time. I've heard individuals said, I'd rather been born in this time or that time. <laughs> Amen. I, I think I'd but you know, all said and done, we're, we're born for such a time as Esther. Brother Ford mentioned her already this morning. Esther was born for such a time as this. 
And she could have looked at her situation and looked back at the passing of her parents and all that unfolded. And because Mordecai had to take her in and adopt her and raise her as his own daughter. She could have looked at that situation and really just got all out of sorts and out of, out of proportion about it. Amen. And God never be able to use her. But that's not what happened. She humbled herself, yielded herself. And it's because she was who she was and she was born for that purpose and season and time. She, amen, was a very key player and character with Mordecai to bring deliverance unto the Jewish people. Amen. When Haman had set out, amen, to destroy them, she was a voice, amen, that it made her way, amen, because of her countenance and beauty and the way she she humbled and yielded herself. And there was a lot, there's a pretty good process to that if you really start looking into it. Amen. Because she had to be departed from, from Mordecai. And then she had to come under the, the leadership and the rulership, amen, of the king and what he instructed her and where he positioned her and how he placed her. Amen. He instructed her and the maids that he put with her to help mold and shape her. Amen. To catch the eye of the king. <laughs> so many times we just need to look around and say, God, I really don't know what you're doing here. But I'm going to let this pain perfect me. I'm going to let this struggle that I'm in create something in me that's so beautiful. In your sight, all things work together for good. The child of God. I didn't say it was good. And I didn't say it was painless. And I didn't say it was without struggle. But I am telling you this. God's got witnesses that's walking down the same pathways and the courses of the rest of this world. Dealing with, with, with circumstances and lives and things of that nature. But there's a difference in the outcome. From those that turn to the world and means and ways of the world. Try to cope or deal. Or even to fi find a way of escaping it. David struggled with it. He talks about it, getting on the wings and flying. Man, if I could just get away from this. If I could just get out of this relationship. If I could just, if I could just been born in a different time and among a different people or maybe a different color or a different gender. Well, that's a, that's a topic, ain't it? Huh. Everybody seems, you know, in a world that we're living so unhappy. Amen. With who they are and what they are. From one extreme to the other. Millions of dollars are spent on trying to reshape and fashion. And, amen. This structure that's, that there's still going to come a season. It's going to die. But, but watch, watch this. When you start going through this and watch it unfold here this morning. You're going to understand and realize, as a writer talks about, amen, when you first get up in the morning time, how many of you practice some of this? We all do in one way or the other. How many just gets up as soon as the alarm clock goes off? Man, it don't ring no time. You reach over and boom. Or you may be one of them that don't even have a chance. You just reach over and punch it off and get up and go. Or you may be one of them. You know, they, somebody come up with this great idea of a snooze button. <laughs> That gives hopeless dreams. Because <laughs> they don't last long enough for nothing. <laughs> it just irritates everybody else in the house. <laughs> Woo, praise God. How many times you going to hit that thing? How many's it got on it? <laughs> amen. I've heard of people, amen, that's got two or three snooze buttons, got two or three clocks, and set two or three alarms. 
and all of them be going off, and they still hadn't moved. <laughs> that ain't true with me. Now, I'll be honest with you. Mine, boom, it don't take me. It don't take a lot to wake me. But anyway, I understand that. I've been around some, man. It's like nothing could wake them up. Praise God. But, uh, but he talks about that. You know, everybody, why? We're busy. Man, we're in season. Uh, we're always on a hustle in our time. Time, time is precious, folks. Time is the same for everybody. It doesn't matter who we are here this morning. You know, male, female, rich, poor, educated, not good jobs, no jobs. <laughs> Amen. You got high-paying jobs, low-paying jobs. Uh, time is the same with everybody. You can't, you know, you can't earn enough money that you can start buying time. Now, you might can change your time and use your time for what you prefer because you're going to pay somebody else to do what you didn't want to do. But as far as time itself, amen, it's the same. You got a lot of time. To accomplish and achieve the purposes. And the most important purpose to accomplish and achieve is to be what? Is to be pleasing to God. You're never going to satisfy your belly. It's kind of like the grave. It's kind of like, like the ocean. The writer talks about it. All the creeks and springs and everything makes its way. But the ocean's never satisfied. It talks about the grave. It's never, it's never satisfied. These things, that's what the writer talks about. The same writer wrote this, the, the, this chapter we're talking about here. You, you, there's some things you're, you're never, you're never going to make it content or happy. Only for a moment. Only for a season. Paul and Moses taught us. Even the pleasures of sin are going to be for a season. But we're looking for something that's eternal. So, so watch this as it begins to unfold. You can drop down and, and begin to, as you look at this determined time, man has his opponent cycle of season and, and, and we all you know come and go the generations and passing from one to the next we just drop down to the uh, Ecclesiastes 25 and the sun also ariseth and the sun goeth down and hastes to its place where it arose the wind goeth toward the south and turneth about to the north it whirleth about and continually and the wind runneth again again according to its circuits it just makes its circuits and runs so life is the same way one generation coming on another generation passing off and we know nobody knows that moment or that time of when that particular one of that particular generation is going to depart a leaf from this life you can walk out as small as this grave uh, this, this graveyard is this morning amen but yet you'll see them with only just a, a little time hours amen all the way up to 90 and past 90 amen right back here nobody knows but what's important is not really amen the dates such as on that tombstone it's the little dash between the two and what you've done in that season of time upon this earth what you gave yourself to what you humbled yourself what you allowed to the affections and the passions and the desires amen to captivate you and get a hold of you and in the purpose that you have set in your own heart hey we should learn this Daniel taught us he said amen when he was going into Babylon now watch it there was going to be a season in Babylon the writer talks about it in the lesson. Seventy years, Jeremiah made it clear unto them. Hey, you're going. There's no way of getting out of it. You're going. You're going to Babylon. You're going into bondage. The best thing to do is say, hey, I'm going. Hey, man, and you know, it, it paid off some of them if they just volunteered to go. They had it far better than those that stayed behind. 
They fared better, amen, for the next 70 years. They went over there. They built vineyards. They built gardens. They built homes. And for 70 years, they was kind of blessed. Now, some of them was lured, and they began to worship other gods and take on in just a small handful that had purposed in the cards that we're not going to participate in that. Yes, we're going. We're going to be a part of it, amen. But we're going to stand to this Jehovah God. We're going to stand to this one God. We're not going to change our way of worship. We're not going to change our way of beliefs, amen. You can change our names. You can change our garbage, and you do all you can to try to change our identity. Amen. We're wise and we got insight and God's blessed us and we're young and we got a lot of energy and vigor about us but you know what? We're going to serve this God. And so they purposed in their heart. Amen. In that season of time in Babylon for 70 years. Amen. That they had not done anything. Amen. To cause this to happen. They weren't the ones that was guilty. They weren't the ones that caused this to take place. It was their fathers and their iniquity and the stiff neck and rebellious. Amen. That brought this upon them and there they are being called into it. How often? How often? Even in this life we see this same cycle. We see this same process, but not only to the evil, but also to the good. How often we also see them with families that makes up in their minds, it makes up in their heart, and the season that they're given. Amen. That they use that season wisely instead of giving themselves to the world and fame and things of this world. They give themselves unto a local assembly. They give themselves to the house of God. They give themselves unto the word of God. They give themselves to prayer and fasting. Amen. They don't reach out, try to get hold of the elements of the world and the pleasures of the world. And then they use this world wisely. Writer's talking about it. Watch this. When you go and you begin to look, going past some of that, and you go to Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. God. God intends your labor to enjoy things and to, to uh, the benefit of it, of, of you being wise and having insight and, and accomplishing and achieving those things, but keeping the right balance, keeping the right connection with all of this that unfolds and takes place. And, and I got a quite a bit trying to cover here, and I'm going to do my best in this particular area here, amen, to really get across to us, to find this, because you know what it does? It brings us right back to balance. Brings us right back to, to, to the balance that, that we don't let these opportunities, uh, amen, to rob us and to lure us and cause us, amen, to put, put into things. And, and we've seen it. We've seen it. You know, in the last 40 years, this country, this nation that went from just a Saturday night to a time of, of, of celebrating and the world. And you can watch the, the, the musicians of the world and the things that happens in the world, the invitation, amen, that's out there. There was no such thing, amen, Holly, on a Monday, Tuesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, nights, amen, hardly ever, amen. But then they started taking, they didn't just have to have Friday, Saturday night, they started taking Friday nights. And now all of a sudden they started taking Sunday. And now the gods that they give themselves to, almost every night they started having special blue light specials and things of that nature. They started, you know, one of the first nights they took on the weeknights, Wednesday night. You know why it's Wednesday night? Because almost all denominations on Wednesday night, 40 and 50 years ago, gathered together at the house of God and worship. And so the devil, amen, realize, amen, they're using their time too wisely. They're using their time, amen, to go and worship. I got to start entertaining them. I got to start luring them. I got to start pulling at them. I got to start taking that Wednesday night. So I'm going to start offering them special nights. And it wasn't just to any gender. It was to the ladies. <laughs> ladies night. Let them come out. Offer them special. We'll let you have two for one. One thing after another, so the world kept blurring and pulling. And 
trying to rob and steal and take what of time. Because everybody, most of the time, Leo's like, we always got it tomorrow. I'm going to go and party tonight, but I'll take care of that other. <laughs> and sometimes we're not careful. We even get our priorities out. Mama raised us. We had to do chores before we got to play. Every morning when we got up, we made our bed. Immediately when we got out of the bed, we made it. Now, me as a young lad, I tell Mama, that don't make no sense. I'm going to mess it back up tonight. Why have I got to make it? <laughs> you do what I say, or I'll put this on you. <laughs> okay, I gotta, it makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but as I got older, I realized, you know, there's nothing like getting in a, a made bed. How many likes to get in the bed and you got to find the cover? I mean, where's the pillars at? <laughs> no, I'd much rather walk up that bed. I mean, how many of you want to go to hotels and motels and the bed's not made up? <laughs> you pull it back and you say, mmm, it looks like somebody's been in this. <laughs> Yeah. Woo, praise God. And so if everybody had practiced that same rule, everybody's bed would be made up. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said that. I don't know. <laughs> praise God. But, but that's just the way it was. And we all had chores. We had to wash dishes. We had to, every day we swept and mopped. We had paneling. Believe it or not, once or twice a year we dusted everything. Once a week, we dusted all the furniture. Then preachers said dust was on the Bible. It wasn't at our house. We didn't read it, but we dusted it off once a week. <laughs> Praise God. There wasn't no dust on it. We just didn't open it up. Amen. Amen. Nothing, nothing had dust on it. The inspector come through, buddy, and she had an eagle eye for all of it. Amen. She, she didn't miss nothing. It, what not's this big? It didn't matter. Amen. You wiped them. You dust them off. Amen. And there was a season. And you weren't going to get to enjoy anything else until you took care of that. And we wanted to be outside. We was boys. We didn't care about being inside. We didn't want to be inside. Only time we ever come inside, amen, a storm was coming. And then mama, she was so afraid of storms, she'd make you come in. And, and those of you that's been in the house I was raised, it had a long hall in it. Amen. She'd make us get in the hall, cut out all the lights, and you couldn't talk. You couldn't do nothing. It was like, Mama, you know, the storm's going to hear us and get us or something. I don't know. <laughs> hey, man, I mean, I'm just a kid at this time. And that's five, I got four brothers. It's all of us to be in the hall. Hey, man, sitting there just, you know, man, we hurry up. We wish this thing would get over with. Just lightning and doing. Hey, man, as soon as it's over, hey, y'all can go. <laughs> Praise God. But storm time, we had to come in. Hallelujah. So, you know what? But she did have a little insight and a little understanding. If we'd have been out there, you know, struck the right thing, the right situation, she may not have had no boys. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm sure there's times she wished she didn't, but there's a lot, most of the time she's glad to have us. <laughs> Amen. Because, so we've got to understand there's seasons and there's times. And, and in those seasons, it's very important that we impart and that we put inside the heart and the mind of the soul. That's the reason church is so important. That's the reason when we come on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and any other time that we come, every service is important. It's important to bring your babies. It's important for us to be here. Amen. Why? We got a season. We got an opportunity. And how can we be saved without a preacher? And how can he preach unless he's sin? And so all this works together. Why? Because God set it up. 
God set this up for us to perfect us, to edify us, to help us, to counsel us, and guide us. Amen. Because we can't save ourselves. We can't use our own conscience. We got to have a we got to have a church and we got to have a, a fivefold ministry. And we got to have the move of God and the move of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In the world that we're living. So we got to make this season work. So he talks about the world here. The term world. If you look it up, the Hebrew is layman, and which actually means, amen, eternal. And so when Ecclesiastes used the term world in the heart of man, he was actually saying in the heart of man, he's going to live with eternally. It's not going to die. Man is not going to die. This fleshly man is going to die. But there's something inside of us that we call the soul. Amen. That's going to, going to live. The, the Reverend Clark says it's a worm that dieth not. And so when you look at that term and you look at what they're saying, amen, any of you that's got the premier Bible, it's in there. Amen. So this is not something I've come up. This is in the, amen, in that Bible study of that particular term. And so that means that we're going to live out for everlasting. And so Jesus Christ and his coming, and there's going to be a time, it's appointed, Galatians 4 and 4, the appointed time Christ, the Son of God, was born. After 4,000 years, you go back and you start doing a study on some of that. Amen. You begin to real that realize the process that took place and there's a quite a bit of a writing even in here i mean when you go to daniel go to daniel um ninth chapter i think it was the ninth chapter in the 25th and 6th and 7th verses and it talks about this time and the coming of the messiah and it talks about all this unfolding and how it transpires and how it takes place and and about the antichrist and setting up the tabernacle setting up the temple he goes all the way they write about it and they talk about the returns of ezra amen and nehemiah and the resetting of the temple out of babylon after that 70 years how they going to come back and restore and build jerusalem and build the tabernacle and he soaks up the 490 years and he lays out that process and how it unfolded he brings in about uh, Alexander the Great and he talks about the Romans and he writes and brings all this how the roads were built and how all this unfolded now they've done it for military services just like us you know we do things here put in four lanes why so the Gulf Coast and have access to get off the coast when hurricanes come in and things of that nature but watch it God God amen when they were when they was planning this and engineering this and putting all this out. Hey man, you know what else happened? The gospel itself of Jesus Christ and the gospel because what they call the Roman roads. Hey man, now it's easier access. Hey man, and they use these roads to spread the gospel. The purpose of God behind that. So many times it's missed. It's overlooked. Man thinks he's doing his own thing. Man thinks he's accomplishing, achieving, creating things. Amen. For his, for his own benefits. and benefit. But here's God that sees and knows all things. And the season. How it really behind the real purpose and all that. Hey, come on, tell you something, folks. These engineers and doctors and all these great, brilliant folks that comes up with a lot of this stuff. They're not doing this on their own. There is a God that inspires them and moves upon them and puts these things in order but his purpose is far different than what their purpose is hey man this is a God that we serve this is a God that we call on this is a God that's moved in this service this morning and touching our hearts and touching our mind because you know why that's the reason we gotta there's a purpose in living for God that's the reason when anything that comes our way if one of the first things that you and I do I say okay God what's your purpose in this what's what's what brought that and right talk about it said examining ourselves you know, especially when, when things come and we question it. We want to make sure, God, 
Now, God, if there's something in this, this, this is the wisdom. This is the season, the time. Now, we know that some things in seasons just going to come, okay? There's nothing, you know, you, we ought to eat healthy. We ought to exercise. We ought to do a lot of things, <laughs> okay? Amen, both spiritually and physically. We ought to do. There's some benefits with it. Now, again, you can eat right and exercise and do all those things. And I believe there's a body, I profit a little. But the little in, in the Word of God sometimes, don't underestimate that, okay? Amen. That little, amen, living a healthy life. Living, you know, but more importantly, living a godly life. Things that God has moved upon us and, and called us out of and, and, and governed his church away from. Amen. If others will look around, uh, uh, well, let me, let me, I, I'm not going to get political here by no means. But, but look at the, what was on the ballot this, just a few days ago about marijuana. And I know there's different opinions and different opinions probably even in this church. I'm not against using anything that helps somebody when they're in pain and things of that nature. I'm just against the method. I'm going to preach against cigarettes. I'm going to preach against smoking marijuana. Watch this. I know I've said this before. Our, our sheriff called a meeting. It blew, my, it blew me away. And most of it was, was supposed to have been about meth and all. He spent three quarters of the time on cigarettes and naming the 16 chemicals that's in cigarettes. I didn't even know that. I never searched it out. I didn't. It was, but see what I'm saying? But watch our, our forefathers before it ever come out and put on the packs. And, and this is what I'm trying to get us to understand. In that season of their lives, actually uneducated men, some that couldn't even read. But God was leading them, and God was moving them, and there was a greater purpose. They draw the lines back then. Come out, don't. With so many others, they just accepted, and they didn't stand against it. And most of their leaders got involved in it, <laughs> joining them. You know, there's they, some that goes out and, you know, they go out and drink together. <laughs> Get drunk together, but look where we're at. Look, look where it's led us. Look, look at things that we'd never dreamed that it would be, be to vote on. And I'm not just pointing on the, the... I'm talking about same-sex marriage. I'm talking about individuals that they want to take your parents' rights away to let your little eight-year-old, because he's decided to be a girl and wants the, surge, the, the surgeries to take place, and, and they want to take your rights away and use tax money, amen, to... And that's not going to, it's just it's going to get worse and worse. That's the reason we've got to use the season and the time and, and hear God's call and God's purpose and of, of training and, and directing and doing what God wants us to do. So I know I'm going to run out of time. But if I don't, so as we look at some of this really begin to unfold and take place. As he talked about, uh, it is abuse that he condemns and make them the chief end. 1 Corinthians 7, 31. As you look at 1 Corinthians 7 and 31, watch this. They that use this world as not abusing it. Paul's writing to us. He even talked about wine. He told Timothy in one place, he said, uh, use a little wine for what the stomach's sake. Okay? But not in excess. Okay? You, things of excess, uh, but, but things of pleasure, it's hard not to, you know. It, it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> that that you really like. Uh, 
pizza and ice cream and you know uh, you know it's a shame to buy them little things unless you get 20 or 30 of them I mean <laughs> I'll never forget brother Chris Roberts talking about Anthony one time up here they was going somewhere and he went into the superstore and come out of there you know they only had the little pipe thing so he had two of them <laughs> And he looked over at me. He said, oh, you bought me one. He said, I only brought one spoon. <laughs> so he knew me. He said, oh, you ate both of them. <laughs> so, but in excess, you know, uh, that's, that's the problem. Not abusing this world, but using it wisely. And the things of the world, keeping it in its right. And so Paul's writings there in 1 Corinthians, and they then abusing it. And for the fashions of this world passes Away the fashions. Amen. What it's the form, the shape of it, and things of that nature. I, I want to look at that a little bit, if you don't mind. I'm going to take a few minutes here. Uh, I got a lot of scripture, but I'm, I'm going to do my best to try to hold to some of this timing uh, that I feel to. Uh, I'm, going to I'm going to try anyway. When you back up on a few other verses on that, what led up to this is it's because Paul is dealing with. Life and how to handle life and how to live a, a balanced life. And when you back up a few few scriptures now, this has got me in trouble a few times. And uh, so, but maybe it won't today. We'll see. <laughs> now, concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord. Yet I give my judgment as one that obtained mercy of the Lord and to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for a man so to be. Art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Are thou loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. Now, Paul's got a purpose behind this. He's got an agenda. He's got something he's pursuing, okay? But, and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh. And that's what got me in, that's what got me in trouble. You know? <laughs> Oh, you're saying everybody gets married is going to have trouble. That's what Paul said. I didn't say it. <laughs> Paul said, yeah, you're going to have trouble in the flesh. Going to have heartache. I'm disappointed. And, 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 come on, let's just mature and grow up here. Let's just catch what he's saying. <laughs> but this I say, brethren, the time is short. You can live to be a hundred, but when you compare a hundred to eternity, time is short. Okay. Also, Jesus, Peter, Paul, all the apostles, they addressed their congregation like the Lord was coming in just a few days. That's always has been. Because number one, that's the way we need to live. Live like you're going to die in the next hour. Plan like you're going to live forever. But live like, hey. So. Brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they have none. Wise, next time you want your husband to do something, he's got to do something for God. He's got to act like he don't have a wife. I didn't figure I'd get no amens, but I'm just checking. <laughs> hey, somebody won't even smile at me. That's okay. Whatever. Hey. Praise God. I, I didn't write it. This I say, brother, the time is short. Let me go. And they that weep as though they wept not. Listen to what he's saying here. 
hey, there's heartaches and troubles and disappointment comes, and there's times we grieve, and there's times that tragedy hits us. And, and, and so the, we understand that, okay, especially losing a loved one or, or other th- our health or you know, a lot of things. But you know what Paul's really saying? Hey, you got to get over that. Got to go beyond. What, what is he saying? You got to get back focus on the time that you've been allotted and the purpose of God and the call of God upon your life because it's the most important thing. Regardless of the pitfalls and the troubles, and the, hey, they're real. And we, everybody's got troubles, and everybody has more than enough trouble. There's, everybody could write two or three books in here about trouble, okay? We know that. But, but Paul is saying, treat it, handle it in a manner and a way. As though it it is nothing. Why? Why is that so important? Because the moment the rapture takes place, all this other is going to be as though that it was nothing. Now you watch this. The moment individuals wakes up in hell, they're going to come to the realization that everything that caused them to hurt, the pain, and to backslide, and to get disgruntled with whoever and however, they're going to realize it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. Because you only allot it this season. It's, you, don't, you, you don't get a second shot at this. <laughs> this, is the only, this is the only time. So that's, that's what Paul, in this particular setting, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about the call, the purpose of God. Listen to him as he, he continues on. They that weep as though they wept not. They that rejoice as though they rejoice not. And they that buy as though they possessed not. We may own a lot, but, but there's, it's, it's got to be time. But you, you got to act like you don't own nothing. So what if they don't get fed today? God's calling. God's moving. I got, I got to obey the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, so-and-so wants me to, sometimes you, you can, well, right now, the God, no. seek you first the kingdom of God. It's easier said than done, especially on a daily basis, whenever we got so much bombarding and pulling for us. <laughs> How many has a, no problem at all managing your time? You got plenty of time to pray. Got plenty of time to listen to preaching every day. Got plenty of time to read your Bible. Got plenty of time to spend time with your family. Plenty of time, you know, spend uh, an hour or two every morning with your wife and children before you go to work, an hour or two every night for you. Hmm. No, most of us putting in 10 or 12 hours a day. Getting up and leaving before most of the family gets up. And then time we get in and tend to the few other things we got and try. We find it even hard to spend a few minutes because they're weary too. And they got to get up and go to school. And they got jobs and they got responsibilities. And Now we're beginning to understand about time and the importance of time. God didn't want us to leave here with regretting of what we hadn't done. I've heard people talk about the list. But I'm going to tell you something. There's one thing that better be on the top of that list 
See, that's what he's talking about in this world. And not abusing this world. Not allowing the attractions and the luring things of this world rob us of the world to come. Because we didn't use our time wisely. You're not going to have the time to do everything and do the work of God too. You're not going to have the time to. Okay? But if we can keep the main thing, the main thing. And what is that? Peter said, save yourself from this untoward generation. So what if you don't live in a house like everybody else? So what that you don't drive a $70,000 vehicle? So what that you don't have the perfect family with all the right elements lined up? If you can just hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Because a lot of them that you're contending with, and a lot of them that you're looking at, five seconds in a lost condition, they would sacrifice every bit of it to have another opportunity and another season, another time to change some of that. Are you hearing me this morning? This thing is serious. This thing is real. He, he, he moves on a little further. And he says, and this is the focus verse, and they that use this world as not abusing it, there are some priorities. You got to work. Man, it don't work, don't eat. I mean, we can't be lazy. We can't, you, you know, the Bible says a man that don't feed his own family is worse than an infidel. Sometimes a lot's fell on you. It wasn't of your doing in a sense, but in a way, you know, you, you got to go out and get the bread. You got to spend the time and money and effort. And so you don't have that leisuring time to, like maybe others. But you know what you can do? You can purpose in your mind that, God, I'm here. And you know where I'm at. And regardless of why I'm here, and we can go, we can go in a hundred different directions with that. But I'm not. Some things we bring on ourselves. Something God's just going to see if his vessel, this vessel can handle it. And a witness to the, to the vessels of this world. And a lot of times the real test is the disappointment. How many's worked for... How many of you ladies try to make a cake or a pie or something? Man, you put your best into it. Because, man, this is, man, this is one they're going to auction off. Or this is going to be for so-and-so or whatever. And it flops. And you're running out of time. And the season, I won't never forget my brother Joseph. He loved my wife's coconut cakes. I mean, he loved them. And that's, I mean, if there was any request for Christmas, he didn't care if we didn't have turkey. He didn't care if we didn't have ham. He didn't care if we didn't have anything else. As long as she would make that coconut cake. Well, guess what? The weather's got to be right for that coconut cake cake and there was a few times that she would make it anyway and 
and she'd get it made, and it was up there, and you know, it'd be about this high. <laughs> and because the weather's not right, you, there was a few times the icing wouldn't even stay on the cake. It just, when you lift the lid, all the icing comes all around. Joseph said, I don't care. I'll spoon it up. Put it in a bowl. It won't matter, I promise you. <laughs> but the season and the weather. And folks, for some things to really... Huh, but you remember something. You serving a God. That in all of your seasons, if you'll just let God. If you'll just be... Here's, here's the title of the lesson. If you'll just wait on Him. If you'll just be patient with your maker, with the lover of your soul, with the one that promised to give you the desires of your heart. Hey, I'm touching some of you. You, you don't even want to acknowledge me. You don't even want to look up here. That's your business. But you've got you're you, you to hear me this morning. God's working for you. But you've got to obey his voice and obey his word. That's not an option. You can't work outside the realms of his words and expect his blessings and express him, expect him to honor you and keep you and provide for you. You can't, you can't fish out of the wrong ponds and expect to catch God's fish. I'm not trying to be ugly or nothing. I'm just telling us. But we got to be patient with God. And sometimes, you know when it's the hardest to be patient? It's whenever you made sure that you put the right amount of sugar, you put the right amount of flour, you put the right amount of everything, you've done everything just like it was supposed to be done. And all of a sudden, that thing just flops. Of all times, I would just make it for me and my little group. It'd have been perfect. Patience in those trying and difficult times. This is where the wisdom of God in the seasons that we're in. How many of you believe that God, a man, sees every day of your life? <laughs> God knows exactly what you're going through. God promised us he wouldn't put more on us than what we could bear. Earthen vessels, folks. We, we, we're not perfect. He is. But here's the deal. If we'll just say, God, I'm going to love you. I don't understand all this. Job didn't either. That's one thing Job was trying to look for, trying to find out. I don't understand this, God. Now, God, you know I've done no wickedness. And even though those three friends, three friends done their best to get him confessed sin, it wasn't to be confessed. The best he understood and knew at his time, according to God and to the law of God, even with his own children, he sacrificed every morning. Now watch what he said about that. He, it wasn't something that he could tell, something that he could see, or something he had heard they was doing wrong. He said, if by chance they had sinned in their hearts as though they had done something secretly, because I don't know of anything. He offered sacrifices just by chance. They had sinned, come short. Huh. So we really begin to understand, begin to watch 
Why is all of this so important? And as, as you go through some of this, if you, if you read your lesson, if you hadn't, I'm going to encourage you again, read it. Don't, don't always, you know, read your lesson every time. You, you may not agree all of it and it's different things of that nature, and I understand that. But, but read it and because you've got to understand. Uh, there's sometimes some things brought out here that I don't have time to address, and, and it can help you uh, as you look at it. So timing is critical in a Christian's life. Time is critical. God knows how many days you've got. The psalmist warned us and said, it's a wise thing to number our days. I'll be honest with you. Uh, when I see, and I've been ugly when I say this, older generations like myself, and um, don't make a turn to God that knows enough about the Scripture, that knows enough about God, and don't change your way. Don't, don't pursue God. Don't even try. There's something wrong. When, when we're living a life and we're at that age where a heart attack or something can take us out with hardly no notice. And we don't use that season or that time wiser to say, God, I need you. I need your grace and mercy. I want to get my house and everybody's not going to get a Hezekiah's visitation to get his house in order. But you know what? It's a dangerous and big gamble even for others to wait until they get into our season. Because there's some never makes it to this season. We don't know. But God does. And so using time wisely because you see it doesn't matter who's your pastor it doesn't matter what connections and even what generation you may be Pentecost when that day comes nobody if God doesn't allow it and, and people can say well y'all didn't have the faith or you didn't have this or you didn't have that no I'm telling you there's some things God God it's, it's done it's over with. There's nothing else that can be done. But the brain can tell you is the first responder. Man's got to have enough to work with. And if there's not enough there, he better start calling on one. Because any hope whatsoever is going to be because of the mercy and grace of another. And you just stepped in and gave them something to work with. We've got nurses and medical folks in this, in this service. They know. It don't matter. They could have been in the hands of the, the specialist. Couldn't have helped them. Couldn't have done anything. Your time is precious. And your time is important. The days has been allotted to each one of us. And how we use them. What we pursue in them. Who we humble. And give ourselves to. It's going to make all the difference at the end of the journey. That's when it's going to count. So living for God is the best thing you can do. Humbling and yielding yourself. Don't be like Felix. The king that when Paul himself. Now watch this. Well, if they had a better church. If they had a better pastor. If they had a better saint. If they had... Paul, Paul, the Paul that you've heard Brother Ford in the last few service mentioned that history says that they change the guards every few minutes or he'd convert them. 
But he couldn't persuade Felix. He couldn't persuade him. Oh, he persuaded him about a God. He persuaded him about righteousness. He persuaded him about judgment. Felix said, I'm going to wait to a more convenient time. That's a dangerous, that's a dangerous saying. How many of us are teenagers? I'm going to wait till I get married, and then I'm going to live for God. And I'm going to, I mean, if I say, man, I, I, God, if you'll just give me, just, just give me one more week, and then I'm going to go to that altar, and I'm going to repent, and I'm going to pray. How many of us as mature saints of God throughout day after day said, well, I got up busy today, and I got to run, and the day's over, but God, I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to set that alarm clock 30 minutes early, but I'm going to... We even try to, you know, sock ourselves up. We gotta, when that alarm clock goes off, oh, I got 30 more minutes. Well, I promise God, because time slips away. First news, you know. Monday's gone. Tuesday's gone. You come, we come in on Wednesday night services, and huh, we really hadn't spent a whole lot of time with God. He'd have left to heard our voice. How many's ever, ever had a loved one that was gone for a season of time and really couldn't make connection with them? And, and, and maybe, maybe even something maybe happened and maybe a hurricane hit their place or, or some disaster took place, some fire, a company or something. And you start longing, you start dialing that number and you can't get them to answer. And oh, if I could just hear their voice. I know he's an all-knowing God, an all-powerful God. But there's some things upon this earth he's left to you and I and how we're going to use our time and how we're going to use our season. And you know what? He wants to hear our voice. Cry out to him. <laughs> blind Bartimaeus. Everybody knew he's blind. Everybody knew he's a beggar. But Jesus Christ, God manifested in the flesh. What do you have need of? He made him. You've got to lift up your voice. You've got to ask. He that asks believing, you've got to ask. That's not all. You've got to confess. Excuses, and please don't take that wrong. I understand life can give us some pitfalls, and I'm telling you, pain's real. Heartaches and disappointments are real. But I'm going to tell you something. Taking some time out to say, but you know what, God? I'm going to spend some time with you. I'm going to get in that prayer closet. I'm going to get in that place. And you're going to hear my voice. And in the midst, and we started this service. What would happen the next time you felt a little pain? You just dance and worship, magnify God. Well, hey, that made me my ticket out of here. You might be surprised what it'll, what it'll do to your mind, how to affect your emotions. Some of y'all looking at me like, Don't underestimate the ability of the mind. And that's not all. The ability to move God and the power of God. <laughs> you know, that next little pain could be cancer. Could be something else. But because how you handle it and how you responded to it, God said, I just changed my mind.
that God told him he's going to die. But David got on his face and prayed and fasted. And as long as there's life in that little boy, do you know why? Because the servant said, David, David. Because they didn't want to tell him. They said, hey, this will be the end of David. But David got up, washed himself with the house of God and worship, and ate and carried on with life. How could you do that, David? He said, as long as there's life, there was a possibility of changing the mind of God. Changing the heart and the mind of God. Let's don't make the mistake Felix made. As we stand in this house this morning. Let's don't make that mistake of just putting it off. Waiting for a convenient time. There's never going to be a convenient time to live for God. Okay? There are seasons and times. But if you're looking for a convenient time, it's never going to happen. If you're looking for that, that moment or that visitation that will that were prop us, that, hey, today's, I'm on. The Bible says today is a day of salvation. Now is the time. Why you got it. Yesterday's gone. You, don't, you and I don't have tomorrow. And you know what? We may not ever get it. We may, not, we may not have the privilege and the honor to enter it. But we can make something out of this day. We can have a move of God upon our souls today. We can have a visitation of the Holy Ghost upon our spirits and our hearts today. Have we got time to pray? Have we got time to, to reach out to our maker? To our creator? The one that's going to sit on that white throne of judgment. The one that makes the decisions whether or not if we go to the left or to the right. The one and the only one that we really got to please. You, you're never going to please man. You're never going to please. As beautiful as some of our relationships, even in marriage, I promise you, I hadn't always made my wife happy. <laughs> I promise you there's been a lot of things you didn't, I didn't do it like. <laughs> it should have been three inches over. <laughs> Different color, whatever. That's <laughs> just, but you know what? There's one, Jesus Christ. And really all he wants is you and I. All he wants, without abusing this world. Sister Mel, if you'll come play. If we just want to abuse this world. But we'll take a moment. We'll take a time. What about it this morning? The hour's not too late. <laughs> Both with this one. Or why you got breath in your body this morning. The hour's not too late. But it's up to you and I today. Making that decision. Because within the hour, who knows what, what could happen in the next hour. It's up to us this morning. These altars are open. Would you like to come and spend a moment with God? Let's just love Him. We just want his touch. 
We just want His favor. We just want His will in our lives. We just want Him to, to, to minister. And, to, and we want to show Him that we love Him. We want to show Him that we, we need His touch. And we're nothing without Him. But as He moves upon our lives, as He moves upon our hearts, as He helps us along this life's journey, it's not a greater friend, the Savior, the Bishop of our souls, the maker of our lives. Let's talk to him a few minutes, church. Let's call on him. Let's lift our voices. Oh, Jesus, we love you today.
Why don't we show the Lord some thanksgiving here this morning? Anybody thankful for the change that's been made in your life? The baptism of the Holy Ghost and how often along the journey. Thank God for those mid-course adjustments. God will perfect in our hearts, our minds, and spirits here today. I don't want to go back to beggar elements. I want to go back to the way of the world. I'm glad to be brought into this beautiful light. Changed by His presence. His touch. His favor. God's been good to us. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Brother Brandon Fergus will be preaching for us tonight. Come back tonight. 5.30 prayer time. 6 o'clock service time. Good to see everybody. Good to have everybody. Love you this morning. God bless you.